Welcome to the first Planet of the Humans podcast. It's an amazing day on planet Earth. It's an incredible day to come to accept that we humans are hitting limits and that our future is not infinite, not the way we're going. Right now, as I speak to you, my movie Planet of the Humans has been pulled off of YouTube. An intentional campaign to repress, suppress, to prevent you from watching this movie has succeeded for now. Has succeeded if we let them get away with it. Has succeeded because we now live in a world essentially without journalism. We live in a world controlled by our corporate masters. They love the illusion that social media, that all these streaming services, that all of the options we seem to have for communication and sharing are accessible to the people. They're democratic. They're not. Oh, they are in some superficial way. We can say what we want, sort of. But as soon as the system that brings us this technology is threatened, they're taking your movie down. They're taking your chats down. They're taking your posts down. We don't own those systems. Let me repeat, we don't own those systems. And they're systems of control. They're systems that are an alternative to what we used to have, which was community. So let's use them the best we're able to. But let's remember, they are systems designed to make some people very, 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 very wealthy. To entice all of us in there with the good stuff. With the illusion we have a democracy. With the illusion we have a voice. And when it all goes down and there are no printing presses, good luck. When there are no radio stations, when nobody owns a ham radio anymore to communicate like uh, they did during the collapse of the Soviet Union, they got out information through radio, good luck. But what's my movie about? Planet of the Humans. What is that about? It's exactly about the story that I wanted to tell. A single species that's come to dominate an entire planet. That, ladies and gentlemen, is something that cannot last. If there were seven billion grizzly bears dominating the planet, we would say, that's probably not going to work out well for the other species. If there were seven billion elephants roaming the planet, seven billion Tyrannosaurus rexes roaming the planet, rearranging the planet for their own benefit, trying to be careful to not kill off everything, but basically claiming it all for themselves, from the bottom of the sea to the deepest jungles, to the most northern boreal forests, down to Antarctica, it's all ours, right? That's the story we tell ourselves. Newsflash. A single species dominating an entire planet is a death wish for the planet and for that species. But because this has happened over a few thousand, and especially a few hundred, and especially the last few decades, in human time, this seems like a slow, natural, something that can exist, something that can just happen, something that's kind of normal. Um, we were given dominion over the earth. Uh, I think we, saw, we gave ourselves dominion over the earth. You know, we're not smart enough to design a self-sustaining fish tank, but we're going to manage a self-sustaining planet? We don't even know what all the species are 
in a square foot of soil. We don't even know how many species there are on planet Earth. I believe we don't know by an order of magnitude. You know, that's pretty crazy. But yet, somehow, we're going to manage this planet. When a single species um, dominates a cornfield, nature tries to undo it. When we plant um, things in our garden, just even a row or a section of a single species, it's more vulnerable. I live in a part of the country where a lot of fruit is grown. As soon as the spraying stops, that orchard turns dead as a doornail. That orchard becomes a ghost orchard, dead trees. We are now at the peak, the peak of humans, the peak of industrial civilization, the peak of a Western civilization that's obliterated, that's wiped out, that's absorbed, that's crushed, that's rolled over any sustainable group of humans. Any culture that attempted to be sustainable, we've destabilized, decimated, destroyed. And we're what remains. But for the most part, everyone's been destabilized, unfortunately. Most everywhere on the planet's been colonized, both the humans and all the non-human species. A single species that's come to dominate an entire planet, a a single species, as I say in the narration, that's went way, 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 way too far. It's a story about the delusions, the illusions of the people like ourselves that say that we care, that say that we really care about the planet. It's about the illusions that we hold in our minds to prevent us from really understanding just how far gone we are. It's a movie about the illusions that prevent us from understanding that this is not sustainable. That's why they defend their story. It protects them and the billionaires that fund the environmental movement, the hedge funds and the bankers and their quote-unquote foundations. It's protecting them from coming to grips that they've been pushing the wrong story. Their story is preventing us from coming to grips with that. We went way too far. According to one study, 90% of the large fish in the ocean have already been taken. Why don't we know it? Just like you see in the film. Because we're already raising fish on fish farms. Fish farms that could not exist without fossil fuels. Fish farms that are helping to decimate what remains of life in the ocean to feed the fish in the fish farms. Helping decimate what remains of the wild stocks of salmon, for instance, by being a breeding ground for disease. But there's still salmon in the stores. So we use fossil fuels to propel this civilization into the stratosphere, into you know orders of magnitude of unsustainability. And then we use fossil fuels to convince ourselves that it's all going to be okay. That's this big gap that we're in right now that's going to come crashing down. That's why we think it's all okay and this story is sustainable. You know, the trees are of shitty quality. Let's just admit it people, the trees, if you ever watch logging trucks, so many of them have these little small trees. Now, I don't want them to have the big trees, but the quality and size of trees has just declined 
since we humans took over the entire planet. And so how do we fill in the gap? Well, we have glues and things. We make, instead of plywood, now we have particle board. Uh, you know, we use fossil fuels to bind this stuff together. You know, we use fossil fuels to grow more trees. Yes, we're fertilizing the forest in the southern U.S., the Pacific Northwest. We can't breathe the air, so we're all on asthma medication. It's too hot because of climate change and fossil fuel use. We get air conditioners, making the problem worse. We can pretend, we drive to places that allow us to pretend nature still exists. We fly to places that, that allow us to pretend it's a big, beautiful planet and nature still exists. We watch nature shows that convince us that it's a big, beautiful planet and nature still exists. 97% of the mammals on this planet by weight are humans, farm animals, or our pets. What's that have to do with solar panels? Nothing. You think that 3% is just going to sit there? It's going to continue to diminish. By one estimate, half of wildlife has disappeared. Let's just ballpark since the last Earth Day. I think it's the last 30 or 40 years. 50 years ago was the first Earth Day. Half the wildlife has disappeared since then. Half. We look in the history books and wonder, how could we wipe out the buffalo? Well, we know why it was done by our civilization for greed, to make money, and to make sure that the people living sustainably with the buffalo were tamed, removed, killed, put in a pen called a reservation. We wonder how that could happen. I remember wondering how could the, um, you know, the entire United States be logged, virtually the entire. In Michigan, where I live, of the great pine forests, Trees that were 200 feet tall, trees that were hundreds, and in some cases thousands of years old, cut down. 40 acres of white pine were left in Michigan. 40 acres out of 50,000 something square miles. And that's only because the men went off to war and forgot about cutting the trees. It was World War I. And again, why don't we know that the trees are all have all been cut and cut? Why don't we know what's happened to the forest? Because we don't need the forest anymore in the same way. We've got plastic. We've got coal and oil and natural gas to burn for our fuel and for our industry. So ironically, fossil fuels both prop up this destruction, enable it to, they, fossil fuels enable it to increase by orders of magnitude and yet, their very existence allows us to be in denial. And ironically, the very existence of fossil fuels allows us the fantasy. The unholy fantasy that there is such a thing as green, renewable, sustainable energy. There's never been a solar panel before there were fossil fuels, and there won't be once the fossil fuels go away. There's never been a giant industrial wind turbine before fossil fuels, and there won't be when it goes away. But there's never a nuclear power plant before fossil fuels, and there won't be once it goes away. There was never a giant hydroelectric plant to produce electricity, of course, before fossil fuels.
You know, imagine you're right now in a forest or in a desert and you don't have any energy source. Well, you, you do. You have the sun. You have moving wind and water. Those are renewable fuels. When there were smaller groups of humans, far smaller, with a far smaller um, set of needs, desires, using trees was sustainable. But you're in this forest or you're in this desert and everything is gone. How are you going to make a solar panel? Where are you going to get the copper? Where are you going to get the glass? Where are you going to get the silicon? If you watch the film, you get a little clue what it takes to make the ultra-pure silicon that you need for a solar panel. Not to make hot water, but to create electricity. It's an incredibly energy-intensive, mining-intensive, pollution-intensive, multi-step, multinational effort to get the silicon. How are you going to start to make a piece of glass? You see, all the technologies that we enjoy are derivative. Wood was the gateway drug. Thousands of years of using wood to create technology allowed us to get to the point where we could begin to use oil and coal. But let's step back. 200 years ago, we plowed through a continent's worth of trees, two oceans full of whales, and oceans full of whales, just to power an 1850s lifestyle. A century and a half ago, I guess that would be. And as we're running through those, we developed enough technology to be able to then use fossil fuels to run machines. And here we are 150, 200 years later. No, this is not a movie about energy. It's about overthrowing the story we are in, that technology will save us. That there is such a thing as green technology or green capitalism. This is not a movie about energy. It's a movie about the delusion that there could be a green, planet-wide industrial civilization supporting a level of consumption that would make a Roman emperor blush. Yes, we've approached the, de we've approached the Death Star in a little X-wing fighter. We've already launched our missile. There's only two options. The missile will destroy the Death Star of illusions. The illusion that technology will save us. Or that illusion will implode in the face of a planet and a human civilization that's collapsing. And they desperately hang on to it. Most of our attackers are funded to speak to this story. And they've been funded for a while. Now, whether they're personally gaining from that, I don't know. But their organizations, and sometimes themselves, are funded to say this. And believe me, you don't want to let down your billionaires. You don't want to let down your bankers. You don't want to let down those hedge fund people. You don't want to let down those... You don't want to let down our corporate masters that have given you a seat at the table. The white linen the champagne, will you have the vegan or the non-vegan, sir, madam? No, they don't want that story ripped away. Many of us don't want it ripped away because we're left staring into the abyss. They don't want it ripped away because that's their life, but it's our lives that are at stake. They don't want it ripped away 
I believe, whether they know it or not, because of guilt. Because some part of them knows that they're pushing a story that can't save us, even if it was true. And the story has many parts, and I'm not going to get into all the parts today, but it's, it's multifaceted, their story of illusions. One part is the story of energy is going to save us. Another part is the story of green growth or green capitalism. Planting trees is not going to save us by itself. That's what you do after logging occurs. They don't want us stopping the logging. They don't want us stopping the growth. So they cling to this story, and they attack anyone who dare question it because of the money behind it, and because this story is the only thing keeping us from staring into the abyss, realizing that that cliff is rushing towards us, that that deep hole off the edge of the ocean is right in front of us, that this fossil-fueled plane, this fossil-fueled jet, this fossil-fuel-powered rocket that we've been riding is going to come down. It's going to come down as fast as it went up. And our only hope is to get ahead of that, to face that square on, to smooth out that descent. But we're not even admitting that the flight is going to wind up, you know, running out of steam. The planet is going to run out on us, is running out on us. They don't want us to see that this planet-wide industrial civilization is about to plunge into an abyss, plunge from the sky, run off the edge of the cliff. They just want us to think some version of this can keep going. We'd all like to believe that. I'd like to believe that in some ways, even though I know that's selfish, even though I know what our impact on the natural world has been. And that's really how it shakes out. The planet and the species around us are in a fast collapse. Slow to us, but the blink of an eye in biological and geological time. They want us to, to not understand the time we're in. They want us to think it's a time of climate change. And yes, we should be worried about it. The oceans are rising. Fires are burning. There's droughts, floods, weather extremes, and superstorms. There are climate tripwires we have no clue about. But climate change is just one of the limits we're hitting. Here, there's plastic, microplastics throughout the atmosphere that we're breathing. You can find the toxins in cells of animals from pole to pole. In the deepest points of the ocean, plastic debris, soda bottles... The oceans are filling not just with carbon, acidifying, but with our toxins, like plastic, and probably thousands of things that we can't even identify. You know, some places, the, drink, the, the rivers and streams contain our medications. There are so many of us consuming so much of those. You can find the toxins in cells of animals from pole to pole in the rainforest of this planet. The things that we're mining have decreased in purity, some of them by an order of magnitude. The impact of mining already produces 10% of global energy emissions. 10%. It's going to go up, not only because we're going to be doing more mining for a growing economy and to build all these green, supposedly, uh, technologies. Can we stop saying green technology? There's no such thing. The mining is going up because the purity of the ore, the copper, the, the iron, is declining, so you have to use more energy to create it. But then they throw another part of the story out. Oh, we're going to have a closed-loop economy, a circular economy. We're going to just recycle this stuff. Recycling takes a lot of energy. Recycling, just look it up. Do a Google search for recycling and pollution toxins. You'll see where these recycling facilities are located, 
in poor neighborhoods. You'll see the pollution issues. You'll see the toxic materials produced from recycling. Forget about the fact that when we something, you know, we, we put it in our recycling thing in our house, then we've got to take it somewhere. Somebody has to pick it up. They've got to drive it somewhere. That's got to be shipped somewhere. It's got to be sorted with the machines. Is it better than mining? I imagine so. Is it without huge cost? No. And is it permanently sustainable? No. No, it's not. Even in the best recycling of aluminum or steel, there's still a loss and a degradation. It still takes a lot of energy, and it's still a fantasy, a fantasy based on models that somehow this is all going to work out. The models are not the real world. So there's a reason that the um, first thing that comes up in the movie after, uh, well, before we see anything else, before even the name, is how long, how long do we think we have, we humans? Meaning, yes, the extinction word. How long before we're not here? Newsflash, humans, my fellow humans, we too could go extinct. How long before that happens? It's a question we don't even think about. We just assume there's some long future ahead of us for the most part. We certainly live our lives that way. How long do we have before the collapse comes? How long do we have before we're not here anymore? Because right now, let's admit it, we're a failed experiment. We're a failing species. There were other sustainable versions of humans. Let's just say the Neanderthals. There were many other kinds of humans when modern humans arose. The Neanderthals had been stable in Asia and Europe for several hundred thousand years. Several hundred thousand years. I haven't read nothing about them causing anything to go extinct. They were integrated and with short and in a short time once we arrived, however it occurred, and I think we can have some idea of how it occurred because we see what we do as modern humans to cultures, even to our own species that are sustainable. You know, we wipe them out, uh, we convert them, we change their landscape, we bring disease, uh, we bring invasive species, and then, then they're gone or they're absorbed. So for the last 50,000, 100,000 years, we've taken over. We've eliminated all the other non-human species or they went away for some reason, some odd reason, when we showed up. And then the last, how old is agriculture? 5,000 years? It's nothing. Agriculture and civilization seem to go together. Modern humans are a flash in the pan. Modern humans who developed agriculture are a flash in the pan. Civilization is a spark. Industrial civilization. 200 years, it's like such a small period of time, it's almost unmeasurable in geological time. It's so short. And yet these seven generations of fossil fuels have changed our very way of perceiving the universe. How long do we have? It's a question we should be asking. More importantly, how long do they have? These species that do not deserve to die. And even if you don't care about these species, these are it's all the species that are perishing to keep this planet running. I think I read a report that half of the plant life on this planet has been eliminated since the rise of humans. Half of the plant life. One study found that in 27 years, 
I think it was 70% of insects. 70% of insects in the study had perished. We all know about the bees, but the web of life is coming unraveled. I'm sitting here looking at a forest, what was a forest, with the trees, none of them are full and flush. Many of them are dead from emerald, the emerald ash borers killing the ash trees. And before that, I remember an old timer telling me, come to my property that I've been restoring for the last, well, for his lifetime, and I think he was 80 or 90. Um, look, this ash tree, I cut it down because it was dying. This was before the ash borer. Look, it's got a black heart. What's wrong? You know, nature is still alive. There are still blue whales, the largest animal to ever roam the earth. There are still redwoods. I still hear crickets. There are still birds that come to my feeder. There are still fish. There's still a handful of plovers, a handful. A handful of piping plovers, a little shorebird. Reduced to nothing because of persecution. Because they don't have any habitat anymore. Their habitat's been taken over by us. Been changed by us. Even all the driftwood we pick up, they use it to shelter under from storms. Their chicks hide under it to escape from predators. We've altered everything. And now as the water is rising and the lake is rising, sure, climate change is playing a factor. The larger factor is we've changed everything and there's only a few left. And that's really the role of climate change. It's on top of everything else we're doing. Another layer of harm and destruction on the planet of the humans. I want to end you with this thought because some are going to say, oh, you know, you want us to live in the Stone Age. Well, the Stone Age isn't available. All the abundance of fresh water and life on Earth that supported humans during the Stone Age is not there. The fertile soil is not there. The fish are not there. The birds are not there. The trees are not there. The Stone Age is not available. Oh, you're, you're you know, somehow this is anti-human. <sighs> you know, I spent most of my life as a social worker. Worked with kids from the inner city, worked with adults from all over. You know, we started a crisis program when we were teenagers. Um, they actually got state funding to help people. Those who are in denial, those who are promising us solar panels or nuclear power, some magic toys are gonna save us, are the anti-humans. Collapse is gonna hit and is hitting those with the least first and worst. That is what I'm trying to prevent for humans and non-humans alike, for the redwoods, for my brothers and sisters in Flint, for my brothers and sisters in South America, for my brothers and sisters in Indonesia, my brothers and sisters in Africa, my brothers and sisters in Mill Valley, my brothers and sisters in Newark, my brothers and sisters in London, my brothers and sisters in China. Unless we stop peddling this story, unless we stop peddling this fake story of green prosperity, of green technology, of green illusions, this fake story of renewable energy, which should be called delusional energy, this fake story of delusional technological energy, millions and then billions are gonna suffer and suffer and suffer. The brown-skinned people of this planet, the indigenous people of this planet, the poor of this planet, worst and first like always. It's the elite that are, that's keeping this lie going. It's the elite that's trying to sell you and them, all of us, this lie. The solar panels are going to bail us out of this. The sun and the wind are renewable. These machines 
come from the same devil that's been eating the planet, that's been feeding the rich, nothing more, nothing less than a new profit center. The billionaires paid for a core of elite, smart, mostly white people to push this delusion on the rest of us. Let me repeat that. The wealthy paid for this illusion, the illusion that green technology exists and is going to save us. Let's start calling it brown technology. You know, some people quoted Chief Seattle as saying, someday the white people are going to even want to try and own the sky and the wind. And that's what we're doing. It's a last desperate attempt to fool everyone. Our total human presence is unsustainable. Job number one is this beast of industrial growth, now done under a cover of dirty green, are running us off the cliff. That's why they're threatened with this story. That's why this movie is so important. That's why efficiency of solar panels? Are you fucking kidding me? That's what they want you to get lost in. They want you to forget about how the movie opens and closes. And they know they're wrong. They know they're wrong. It's not just the money. It's the guilt that drives their cruelty and their meanness and their attacks on my friend that helped get this movie out into the world, on me, and on the film itself. Their lies mean we're doomed if you believe them.